It's not just going to be you can buy and hodl, man. They're not just going to give up their power. If you acknowledge that evil exists, that evil is basically a pursuit of power, and then as a Bitcoiner, you're standing in the way of the baddies who have used violence historically. Why do you think that violence isn't going to come to your doorstep? Everybody and welcome back to the Why Bitcoin Podcast, the podcast where we question everything, but mainly Why Bitcoin. I'm your host. My name is Jeff. Joined here today by my sweaty co-host Doug. Doug, how you doing? Hello. Yes, I am sweaty today. That's true. <laughs> it's I a just hot day here in the Midwest. It's hot and you're big, so I figured you must be sweaty, right? Yeah. Started Big doing keto dog. again, or started doing carnivore again today, though. All in See carnivore. How... All in carnivore, dude. I had, I had. Okay, I can hear that through your window. Whatever the hell yeah. that was. Someone's cars. being rude in your background. It sounded like a trumpet. <laughs> it was not a trumpet. It was actually a vehicle. Vehicles make noises. Uh-uh. It's okay. Not in Canada. Yeah, they, they do. Say, a. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. They say Hong Kong. They used to. Steak so far today. So okay. How do you I feel? How do you feel? We'll see what happens. How do you satiated? I'll give you that. How how do you feel about the idea that um, seed oils cause sunburns? This is something I've been actively like experimenting on myself. I'm I'm cutting out seed oils as much as. Have you even heard this theory? First off, I guess. Yeah, I have. Um, I don't take to it. Mm -hmm. I'm more inclined, honestly, to be worried about sunscreen and it's cancerous effects i kind of feel also, that way too we should probably do the intro stuff before we like get okay what the conspiracy theories yeah okay if this is your first time listening uh you can find all our other podcasts we have lots of other episodes with awesome cool guests at whybitcoinpodcast.com and although we speak about financial stuff sort of this is not financial advice we're just two dudes talking you should do your own research absolutely That's it. Yeah, that's all the intro stuff. We did it. Let's also, roll. you should buy as much Bitcoin as you can because they're coming for you. <laughs> okay. It's a little aggressive, but it's true. It's Am true. I wrong? You're not I'm wrong. Wrong. They've always been coming. They're just making it obvious that they're coming. Who's yeah. they, though, bro? Who's they? So, interesting. <laughs> um, I start... so. I'm just going to launch into a thing that I just decided to tirade about. So here we go. Okay. Last week, went up north uh, with a couple of buddies, went to some property that we have, the future citadel of of uh, of, of me. And um, my folks had left a book. It's called The Overton Window. Okay. And I remember reading it. I think it came out in 2013. It's by a guy named Glenn Beck, who, if you don't know, he was a radio guy for a long time, and now he runs The Blaze. So... Um, anyways, so this was a piece of, uh, like dramatic fiction and, um, it's a little preachy, but it's actually kind of weird. Like, uh, this was what, almost 10 years ago that this guy wrote this and I'm only about four or five chapters in and I'm like, holy crap, did could he like see the future? Cause he talks about like this, like 
shadowy guy behind the scenes it's like basically trying to reset america and like he's going to crash the economy and then he's going to force like famine and stuff on people and it's like it's pretty wild dude it's pretty wild so you know what you know what it is you can go to your library and find a copy i would recommend it so far the book is called the overton window yep called the overton window which is an actual thing but yeah that's why i was wondering i was wasn't sure if it was just like a book about that theory but okay speaking of the no, guy it's, that... it's a non-fiction but it includes that yeah. premise okay you mean it's fiction I'm sorry it's a it's a fiction i'm sorry it's fiction, it's a story yeah. it's a made-up story it's a story yep so this is what i've realized is like yeah it's people say that too about the sovereign individual and all these other books are like oh man uh, atlas shrugged how, how did they they see the future and it's like it's not even that you have to see the future you just have to look at the past i think these authors just were probably pretty studious of the way civilizations went in the past. And you can just see, mm-hmm. oh, this is what happens. <laughs> and it just, it happens over and over again. But uh, people forget, you know, it's, I, I've, I've become fascinated with the idea that the, um, the Great Depression happened in the 1920s. And the 1920s is too, like, it's too far back for even, like, it's not, it's too far back for me to remember. It's too far back for my parents to remember. And my Correct. grandparents were like young, right? So they didn't really understand it. Right. So there's nobody alive today that can be like, oh yeah, that Great Depression, that was a crazy time. So mm-hmm. it just gets lost to memory. And it's amazing how we as a species just refuse to like study history. Like, oh, that's boring. <laughs> yeah. No, that's where you came from, idiot. And it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> the other okay, this is kind of a cliche thing to say too, but like history is happening now. I, also true. Also like, true. Like, uh, yeah, when you study history, you think, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe this is just me being an idiot, but I always thought, you know, all, all the important things have happened. That's why we study the past. <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's lots of more important things to happen, and there's new things happening all the time. It's just like when I don't know, big events happened. You know, you don't think well, of it think, as something that's going to affect I think what your it is, world is, forever. Is that effect we're talking about, right? Like the further away you get from an event, the more important it has to be at the time for it to like carry out mm. through history, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? So that that's probably why we only have like a lot of, you know, not a lot, but like some pretty hardcore touchstone moments in the history of humanity. You know, it's like uh, Columbus quote-unquote discovering america right instead thinks it's india or whatever but it's he actually stumbles across it. it's like that was the moment everyone's like oh well no leaf erickson or something it's like yeah but they didn't do anything with it like it didn't change history you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's like columbus landing on the new world change history you know so uh so i think yeah it has to be the you know like the wright brothers you know, we're going to remember them forever because they changed the course of human history. So, <laughs> you know what I was thinking about the Wright brothers today? You know why? Because right. just imagine, just here's here's the reality of the world we live in, okay? The Wright brothers are sitting around. Everybody's telling them they can't make an airplane. They make an airplane. They're flying. Now imagine somebody from the future coming back to tell them, okay, yeah, your airplanes are great. They get people all over the world all they want. But there's uh, a certain dude that's in charge of Canada that doesn't let people on unless they get an experimental f-ing drug put into them. Like, 
Imagine how, like, I invented this awesome transportation device and you're not letting people on it because they're not because jabbing themselves with poison. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that pissed me off today. It's like, you, yeah. you assholes. The Wright brothers are probably pissed off about that wherever they are right now. <laughs> Got shaking their Ohioan fists. Yeah. That's right. That's pretty wild, dude. So that frustrated me. But yeah, uh, the other thing about history is that, like, I've also been rereading 1984. I like history can get changed so quick and also uh, amplified. So certain events become such a, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hats are off or wait, hats on gloves off because it's season three, but like certain things become amplified and certain things get lost to history. Like the Holocaust is very well remembered. It was a terrible thing that happened. But, the, you know, there's genocides that are going on right now that just people don't talk about. There's other uh, leaders in history that killed a lot more people. And there's events that happened, like 9-11 was a really bad event. And then they tried to say, oh, man, they tried to say January 6th or whatever happened then was equal to that. Well, that's just... <laughs> That's just that's political hyperbole. Yeah, but it's all it's all somehow we're gonna somehow compare buildings falling out of the sky, people dying. People are still dying from that. Like I mean, I just saw uh like these first responders that went up into these buildings and stuff, like that that didn't die and ran towards the buildings falling. Like their lungs are filled with asbestos now, they're getting cancer Mm -hmm. at like, you know, I don't know, whatever, 50 years old and shit like that. And it's like yeah, that's so that's... so what's what's frustrating about it? Yeah, I mean, it's all awful. But what's frustrating about it is how the narrative can just push um, certain stories like they're literally just stories. Things happen and then they're stories. So they can push certain stories to the forefront of people's minds and push other stories back to where they don't remember them. So the Great Depression is just basically forgotten at this point. It's like, oh, don't worry about that. We don't have to worry about the Great Depression happening anymore. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we do. And we're going to live through one. And then people are going to be, you know, dumbfounded. And all you have to do. So much worse, though, this time, dude. It's going to be. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to lose everything. Bitcoiners are going to be awesome. We are a different people than we were back then. We are so dependent on supply chains and food chains and, you know, electricity. I mean, back in the 1920s, you still had entire families that had no electricity. Like, dude, the TV wasn't even invented back then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like people knew how people had chickens in their front yard and like they had food and you know you hear the you hear the argument of like society is now basically like three meals or what is it nine meals away from- nine meals to anarchy baby yeah. yeah hang on a second i got a cough you talk okay so yeah what's frustrating is that people just think that the great depression is not going to happen again but the, okay so you say people were more self-sufficient back then which is true but yeah. we're seeing that again today i mean all you have to do is prepare so there's a mental uh there's a sort of personality that you have to have to say i'm gonna take care of myself and there's i mean if if you look at it in the numbers there was less people back then too but probably the percentage wise so many people just i mean there was a lot of dudes that just worked in the the mines or worked at the factories or whatever it was and they just rely like that was their job they did their job and they didn't do anything else no i no you're right so there's probably the the percentage wise is probably still you know there was only so many guys out there 
in the twenties that were like, okay, well, if the world falls apart, I'll take care of myself. And I think that's what's happening right now. There's people that are realizing, okay, well, if the world falls apart, I'll take care of myself. And I'm sure probably in the twenties, you know, the people that had nothing and then lost even more than nothing looked at the people that were taking care of themselves and didn't like them very much. But well, and I, but I think it's going to be different this time, dude. They are, they are, first of all, tinfoil hat on, don't even care. Bite me if you disagree. But the fact of the matter is these are all manufactured crises. Yeah. The money, the, the energy crisis that's coming up, the food crisis, these are literally being manufactured. You don't, I mean, they're not even hiding it. They're like, yeah, we're going to like, I've, I've lived in the Midwest my entire life, 45 years. I have never had rolling brownouts in either i lived in illinois and i lived in in i live in wisconsin never had a rolling brownout okay like when i heard can I stop about you? Can them I, sure can, go ahead i've heard you say brownout on the show once before can you just explain what a brownout is because i think we call it something different here so a blackout is when there is no power to be had okay so okay. um lightning strikes a, a like a, a transformer or something or like a a, a power station you know, because we have we have these stations in America where it's like the power, the power plant puts out electricity and then they're like stations that kind of like um, store up the power and then distribute it even further because, you know, electricity loses power. The longer the line is, the less power it has kind of a thing. So like mm-hmm. if a if a lightning bolt, let's say, strikes a, a station, right, not a power plant, but a station, but then you can have a blackout. There's just no power to be had because all that connection is severed and everybody's out of power. A brownout is where there is power, but they choose to shut down sections of the grid so that they can maintain power to, let's say, 85% of the people. Hmm. And what they do is they basically just kind of like systematically go like, okay, today you don't have power and they shut you off. And then tomorrow it's your neighbor. You know what I mean? Or tomorrow it's the next county over or whatever. It's a rolling brownout. It's something that they do in California. They've they've done it in California for like ever. And when I first learned about it, I'm like, that's so weird because... The only time we ever lose power is if there's like a big windstorm or tornado or lightning strike or, you know, something catastrophic happens. You know, some semi runs into, you know, into a, a transformer or something like that, you know. And now they're saying, no, this is going to happen. You're going to just, we're just not going to have enough power for everyone. So you're going to lose power sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is third world bullshit, dude. Yep. You know? Uh, so, that's on the table. The food shortages are on the table. We're watching, you know, we're watching food, uh, food plants burn to the ground, like 20 of them in the last six months. They're culling chickens like nobody's business. Chickens, which are, by the way, some of the cheapest, fastest, easiest protein to produce for the human race. That's suddenly off the table. You know, egg prices are going through the roof. Fuel prices are going through the roof. Oh, and by the way, they're taking your guns. So <laughs> you're going to be cold, in the dark, hungry unable to defend yourself and if you even think about providing for yourself i'm pretty sure the government will show up and go yeah you can't do that sorry we're going to take this for the good of the for good of everybody well you so, look you think back to the 1920s what happened a little while after that oh luckily luckily a job opportunity happened for the you know young men out there the war sparked up yeah yep, and they didn't have a choice yeah yep. right so it's like, okay, well, I'm broke. I have no money. I have no way to support myself or my family. I guess I'll go murder some people across the ocean because question mark, right? Like, 
and they'll feed you whatever reason to kill people. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of war. <laughs> well, I, yeah. If you again, if you go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, you have a tendency to have to go down the war rabbit hole, and you start to realize mm. it's, it's all manufactured too, man. It's yeah. all bullshit. It's all just yeah. You, so governments starve their people out. They get, take away their energy. They make them weak, and then they make them fight these wars. And yeah, I wouldn't be. I mean, we're already seeing it kind of cooking up a little bit here and there with Russia and China and ukraine or whatever it's not it's not going to be hard for them to amplify that a little bit and get but i mean uh, i like to think that people are more informed now but i don't know man like no they're not you, I'm tell sorry. me i don't mean to be the pessimist one but uh jesus christ no they're not the, informed at all and it's self-inflicted well you how many people just mm, go ahead sorry no I, I just mean like uh i just want to ask like how many people hmm this, I kind of want to ask you this question, but maybe you don't want to answer it. Feel free to not answer. But like how many patriots, true people that were proud of their country were there. And now I feel like that number is going down. Like I'm not fighting for Canada. That's for sure. You know, and America was the leader of that. Americans love America. And you guys, whenever there's somebody on TV, that's been a, a sol- uh, what's the word? Not a soldier, but a post soldier. Um, a vet, I guess, a veteran. a veteran, you know, you all say, and I'm not saying anything negative about this. I'm just saying like Americans say, Oh, thank you for your service. And thank you for what you've done. But how many, how many kids that are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 25 are going to say, yeah, I'm not going to go fight a war for America for good reason. Oh. They shouldn't. Or do you they think they're still want to get their own groceries, dude, you <laughs> go over and fight a war. Come on now. But Hell if no. they're, but if they're broke and the Great Depression hits and they have nothing that they can do because they haven't done anything for the last two, three years, how many how many of those kids will do that? Probably a fair well, amount. Well, okay, if that's, I mean, if you paint it in that light, yeah, probably. Right. You know, I mean, but um, I don't know, dude. See, so I think question- the problem is, is that the politicians have painted themselves into a corner in that regard. Because it's nothing, it's been nothing, and this is, I don't think this is unique to America. I think this is happening in every Western culture, where the the powers that be, they need to demoralize their population, and one of the ways they do that is by uh, creating disdain for their own country. So you have an entire generation of people that were raised to hate America, raised to hate Canada, raised to hate Great Britain, whatever. There is no such thing as national pride. National pride is looked at as a, as a, uh, a sign of mental weakness, essentially. You know, what are you retarded? You like America? What's wrong with you? And it's like, so, so how do you get a whole generation of people to, who hate their own country? And again, I'm not necessarily raising the flag for america on this and i'm i'm saying every western culture is like this now look at france look at great britain look at any of the you know any of the western cultures they all like the the majority of the generation z and what's the gen, what's the generation after them the after z i haven't heard of the generation after z i don't know is what... there anything after z yet i don't know i, I, Not I just named. feel so old I, i'm assuming there is one i don't know well gen z is like they're like what maybe 12 and up 12 to is that 20. what it is i can't i, 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 I don't know what the numbers are i know yeah. i'm gen x that's all i know but uh but yeah like how many of those people actually like their country none i mean statistically inf- insignificant amount 
So, what so do how they... do you how do you turn those people into warriors? donning the the freaking you know yeah warriors you know I don't think it, you do. It boggles my mind. So what? Yeah, like what? What's the game plan? That's what I've been trying to figure out. I don't too. think there is. I honestly don't think there is a traditional war coming. I, I think the, I think the whole Ukraine Russia thing. I think honestly, Ukraine Russia thing, and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this. I don't care. It's a Bitcoin I think podcast. Everybody was. What's that? We're a Bitcoin podcast. Nobody, everybody is right, right alongside <laughs> you. I think that Putin basically looked at the Ukraine being the, you know, the Eastern Bloc breadbasket and said, I really don't want you guys to be in NATO. In fact, I know that's the case. He was griping about them, like trying to be in NATO all the time. And we had mm -hmm. this policy of like, um, I forget exactly what it's called, but basically we were like, we played this game with China too, with Taiwan, where we basically said, mm, you know, China was, China was like, Taiwan is not country. And like, okay. But we would do stuff that kind of indicated maybe we would defend them if China, you know, invaded. And then we were playing footsie with Ukraine, with NATO. And we're like, yeah, I know you keep applying for NATO membership, but maybe not this year. You know, like go back and do a couple more laps and a couple more crunches and a couple more pull-ups. And then maybe next year you'll be good enough for the team. You know, kind of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so Russia's like, yo, we don't want this. We don't want you we don't want we don't want the NATO at our doorstep because NATO was literally formed to stop Russia from being a superpower. So it's like we're not a fan. So I think maybe it was just a preemptive strike by an elderly leader that was like, I really don't want this to happen. So I'm just going to take enough of Ukraine. It doesn't matter, you know. And so it's but it's not it's it's not like it's a world war thing. Right. Like he's been there forever. No one's done anything to really stop him. Other than Ukraine and us shipping a bunch of money and planes and shit over. But hell, we get we gave like eighty billion dollars worth of equipment to the Taliban. So it's not like that really does anything. You know, it's like whatever. It's all just I don't know. It's all well, just the, pissing in the wind, dude. Well the thing is, I mean I you you have to look at things from different angles. Sure. And I, I like to like growing up here, you think you hear about NATO, you know, well, I guess that's good. They're keeping us safe. You hear about the UN, oh, United Nations, that seems like a good idea. Let's all be united. But then if you look at it from the other side, not to be a Putin sympathizer, but that's the enemy now. It's like these guys are trying to take over my land, right? So it, it, it wherever you're standing, you could be the, like, we don't even know who the enemy, like, I don't even know who the enemy is. To me, the, the enemy is whoever is trying to control the money. And right now, the first thing they attacked was the Russian ruble. And they tried to uh, downplay that. So Putin came back and said, uh, okay, you have to pay me in, in rubles. And then, you know, he kind of made his money go back up again. But yeah, mm -hmm. if, if Ukraine gets added to NATO, that's just, that's just, I mean, it's called the North Atlantic, what is it? North Atlantic... Uh, treaty organization so that's just a collection of countries that are trying to make a one world i don't know if i want to say like a one world government but if everybody's on and initially this is, nato was started if i remember my history correctly nato was started as a way to stop the advance of the ussr mm -hmm. we got out of world war ii because you know we uh, you know initially russia threw in with the germans Right. And then about halfway through, they're like, no, maybe not such a great idea. Okay. This Hitler guy, pretty wacky. Okay. Tell you what, guys, America, we will fight with you. So we're like, okay, cool. And then 
but then at the end, they were still socialist, and America obviously had no interest in that kind of nonsense. So they're like, okay, Russia's really big. They just kicked a lot of ass over there. They're feeling pretty good, a lot of national pride over there. So we're going to form this little coalition over here called NATO that's going to kind of just keep tabs, sort of put you in check, like don't have any thoughts of grandeur, okay? Don't think that you're going to just keep rolling after we knock Germany back, that you're just going to keep rolling and start taking more countries. Like that's what NATO was kind of formed to do, if I remember my history correctly. So it's like, you know, initially it was literally just to kind of stop Russia. And I think that's never really left the Russian psyche. Like they've always sort of gone, hey, what's you guys? Come on. It's cool. I'm cool still, you know, and Putin, whatever. That's the whole KGB thing and the whole Russian spy shit in the 50s and all that stuff. So, you know, what's weird is that. Well, the whole reason they didn't want the Soviet Union to take over was because the Soviet Union was communist and communism is bad and they wanted to fight back against that. And now communism has infiltrated the Western countries. You know, Canada's communist, basically. America's becoming more and more communist. Uh, Britain's communist. Australia's communist. And it just seems like it's always a war for communism's trying to take over. So far, it's never won, which is nice. But now, it, well, like, no, that's not true. I mean, dude, Stalin, in the long run, yeah, Stalin. I mean, yeah, Stalin won. General Mao, uh, Mao Zedong, or is it Mao? Zedong? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mao, right? Mao in China, he he got it. Uh, the uh, Castro in Cuba, like communism has won in the sense that it has been the dominant uh, political persuasion in many places. Has mm -hmm. it worked? No. Well, it's worked for the people in charge, you know, people that and are in charge And that's what it's communist. designed to do. That's, so, that's the dirty secret. This is the weird thing then, because China's still communist, and Russia and China are like the closest of friends that each other has, right? But... All the new nation, well, maybe this is why, all the new nations that want to become communist, Canada, the States, wherever, ideally, and actually, you know, Justin does say this, they should be becoming friends with China. The, the only problem is, because China's communist, the only problem is, is that to have a true communist um, territory, however you want to call it, country, you need to have control of the money, right? Because you need to be able to control your citizens and tr interact with how they trade and uh, exchange goods and services. And China's done that because they've locked down their citizens to using their digital currency. And so now Canada's trying to do that. The state's trying to do that. England's trying to do that. And I don't know if, like, do you think Putin's that's trying not to... how it worked exactly. Just for the record, I'd, I'd like to try to be kind of maybe this is maybe this is yeah, I'm just, with Doug and Jeff. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know shit. I'm just talking out but, loud. So I know for a fact that what happened in the USSR before it was just Russia. And you're probably too young to remember the USSR, which is kind of wild because just, I okay. actually remember it. Like I studied it was never it was never Russia to us growing up to me. It was always the USSR. It was the United Socialist States Republic or something like that. So just and, for reference, just for reference, yeah, the 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 USSR collapsed in 91. That's when the Communist Party was taken out. I mean, officially, yes. Ofi officially. Already, yeah, yeah, I think it was already on the way out. I mean, the, the fall of the wall in Berlin was, and again, these are these historical moments that we tend to remember, right? Because it was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. That was like kind of collectively... 
the official understanding of, look, Russia doesn't have power to enforce this anymore. So it's over. Yeah. You know? Anyways, uh, my, because... my point of that was just that I was born in 91. So I'd never okay. lived in a world with communist With just Russia. USSR. Right. Yeah. So the point is, is that, um, so Russia falls... Sorry, USSR basically falls, and you have this balkanization where these states break away because basically the Politburo, the main power guys, they can't maintain the power anymore. They can't maintain their control over these outlying countries. So it just becomes Russia. And I believe it was Gorbachev who kind of saw the writing on the wall. And there's a lot of historical debate on whether or not he was legitimate about this, but he was the guy. First, if you don't know who Gorbachev is, real quick, just look up. Russian leader with the funny birthmark on his forehead. You'll find him real fast. Um, but uh, so he basically ushered in sort of a bastardized version of capitalism where, which is what China has today. It's literally like China just, China has not done anything interesting since fireworks. Okay. But can we just say that please? Because literally Russia did it first where they're like, okay, here's what we do. You can be free and do all the things and sell all the stuff like Americans do, but we own everything also, you know? So, so it was this like hybridized, bastardized version of capitalism and socialism together where they still kind of ran the show, but people were free to do stuff on there. Like it wasn't as locked down. Part of where, what happened was a lot of people got their hands on Russian military stuff and then started selling it, which then like boosted the economy back up. Uh, I actually had a friend back when I worked in hospitals. She was like kind of a Russian expat and she she left because basically it was just kind of like gang warlords were running her her area or whatever. And they had Russian military goods like no one could stand up to them because like these bastards had like rpgs and tanks and like you know all of the good stuff so they kind of run the place and she's like yeah my family didn't want that so we left or whatever so anyways now china's kind of doing the same thing you know they china has nationalized all the corporations mm -hmm. but the corporations are allowed to function with a certain degree of autonomy but at the end of the day China is the one that tells you what to do in your Chinese business. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of interesting because socialism in order for, or communism, and I, to me, they're interchangeable. So whatever, yeah. but it's like, it kind of still needs that degree of human freedom in order for it to survive. Like even Cuba, right? Cuban was, Cuba was supposed to be this, this socialist utopia and they can't they could not survive unless they got a cash flow from the soviet union from russia you know so it's like socialism never works ever it doesn't even work a little bit the only way it works is if you gin it up with something else and then then you can make it kind of like it's like uh uh keeping somebody on life support right it's not really living but you're alive kind of a thing same thing with socialism man so the thing is is i mean i agree with you but maybe okay socialism doesn't work communism doesn't work i still say it works if you're the one in charge of the country because ideally all you want to do is be in control so if, if you're in control of a broken nation you're still in control and you're a psychopath that's just like yay look at my country this is mine like justin is right now so the, but the yeah. thing is okay. right is that um all other communist takeovers, they've never had the tools they needed in order to make it 
truly um i'm not arguing for communism i'm, I'm arguing no, I'm, I'm arguing the the evil dictators kind of perspective here they've never had exactly what they needed to take full control and now they do with cbdc's right like if you control the money then you control the people and you control what they can and can't do and if you can control the food supply and the energy supply and their ability to trade you control everything which is you know, side note that's why cbdc's are bad but yeah i'm trying to figure out like how does I still feel like that's the ultimate goal for any given government is to have ultimate power over its people. Like that, that's what Justin's trying to do right now. And I, you know, I, if you had talked to me even 10 years ago, right. I would have said, nah, I like, like, like it's not about total control, but look at what we've seen in just two years, Jeff. Yeah. You've watched New Zealand and Australia go from, and we talked about this on the on the show before, where it's like I always thought the Aussies were kind of like tough mothers, you know. Like I really mm -hmm. thought that they were, you know, you got the you got this mental image of like dudes that like wrestle alligators and you know uh, uh, crocodile Dundee throwing Bowie knives around and stuff. Like I thought Australians were tough. I really did. I feel like and there's then, gotta there's gotta still be dudes in the outback that aren't giving a crap about COVID stuff, right? There's there's gotta be outliers. True, but... uh, yeah, that is true. Like you, once you and we talk about this too, and I just want to hit on it just real quick, and then we'll go back. But like the one thing you know that we might have going for us as a people is is and this is this is something this is not my idea. This is from like the Bitcoin community. Is that it does take a lot of manpower. Uh, fiat money and energy in order to maintain control in outlying areas. That's why cities are so important for the socialists mm -hmm. because you can have a lot of people that you can control very easily in one tight pack space. You don't have to expend as much energy and money and manpower to maintain that, right? You lock mm -hmm. down a city. That's all you have to do. You don't even have to control the city. You just lock it down from the outside. Nothing comes in or out. That's it. You put a wall up around it, right? That city will crumble. I mean, it will just, especially like, again, touching on what we just talked about before. The way cities are designed today, you know, if you live in a city, if you live in a major Western city, you do not have three months, and this is statistically an average, you don't have three months of food. You don't, you don't have three weeks of food stored up. You probably eat out every night or every other night. Or you Uber it in or whatever. What's that one called? DoorDash. You DoorDash it in or something. Like that is how civilian life is in urban Western society. You just, you just, you don't even, you barely even cook for yourself, right? Maybe your fridge has three nights worth of food. So if I'm a government and I know that a vast majority of the population is literally three meals away from just needing me to open the, the lines of, of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, food delivery or whatever, you know, the, what is that called, Jeff? I just, I'm blanking right now. DoorDash or Skip the Dishes. No, no, or... no, no. Like just, just getting the, the trucks to the grocery stores. The supply you know? chain. Is the yeah, the supply chain. For. If you, if you are literally three meals away from needing the supply chain to be operating, any government in the world, they don't even have to fire a shot, dude. They just have to keep you away from the roads. That's all they have to do, you know? So. You're, yeah, you're right. I was just thinking another, another thing. 
so yeah, there's a lot of people that are becoming dependent on the state, but there's a lot of people that are becoming um, also more self-sufficient. And I think that goes back to the idea of what the narrative's driving is. Like we, we've seen now, if you remember early COVID or even even now probably, what was the, the, the news was saying, oh yeah, there's like 5% of people that aren't vaccinated. Well, we know for sure that that was a bullshit number from day one. It's, it's way higher than that, but they try and... And so the, it's probably the same thing with Australia. There's just saying, oh, Australia is uh, being taken over. I bet you there's still a whole bunch of people fighting back or just saying, yeah, no, I'm not playing this stupid game. The, the problem occurs when it gets to the point where the people that are saying, no, I'm not playing this game. I'm not doing your whatever you want me to do. If the government comes and takes your guns away and takes your ability to take care of yourself away, literally knocks on your door and says, you're coming with me or you're getting a bullet in the head, right? Like right. that's when it gets, that's when it gets really scary, I guess would be the word. So you have to, like, as much as there's a lot of freedom loving people, people that care about taking care of themselves, you have to, you got to fight for your freedom, man. Oh man. I don't know. I don't know what happened to me, but it's true. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Uh, so back in, what would this have been? 2016, like 2015, probably. Right. So this is. This is the campaign is hot and heavy between Hillary and Trump, right? And I had my folks over for, you know, just barbecue, fire, you know, drinks, that sort of thing. And I kind of got into it with my folks because I was of the opinion that Trump, um, he's, he wasn't, he's not right wing, right? Like, he grew up around left wingers and, and I don't want to make this too like inside baseball politics, America kind of thing. Cause I, I know it probably bores most people, but my, my long story short was I was trying to make the argument to my, my dad who was really getting heated with me was that it might be better for the country at that point to let Hillary win because she would try to push that Overton window. Look at me doing a callback to earlier in the show she would push that Overton window so far, so fast, which is what we're seeing Biden do, that people people would still be um, remembering what freedom is. That's the biggest trick that they're pulling right now. And they, by they, I mean the WEF, the Klaus Schwab's of the world. Like, they move that needle incrementally over time just a little bit, right? And if you... If, audience if you're listening you don't know what the overton window is you really need to look at it and 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 learn it and understand what it is it's not my invention it's not some right-wing conspiracy thing like this came from two sociologists i think from like uh i don't know where they're from actually so i'm not even gonna hazard a guess but uh, i think i think cloward and piven is the names that you should be looking for with that but um but it's this idea that if you just shift social acceptance of certain things just a little bit one direction or the other that suddenly becomes the norm that's what the overton window is so the goal is to shift society one degree at a time it's like that uh that old adage of like the fro the frog in the pot you know mm -hmm. if you raise the temperature if if you were to drop a frog like this is the, again if you guys don't know the adage which i by the way i've un, i've heard that this isn't a true thing but okay I think but if you yeah, everybody's heard of this one 
Right. So if you drop a frog into a boiling pot of water, the frog will go like, oh, shit, no, and jumps out. Right. It has nothing to do with it. But the theory is, or the, the, the analogy goes, that if you take a frog and you put it into a nice, calm, cool pot of water, and then you just slowly turn that temperature up, just a little tick at a time, one degree, two degrees Fahrenheit or Celsius for my, you know, non-freedom loving friends, then, you know, then eventually the, the frog will just sit there and, and let itself be boiled. And I feel like that's, I know that's what we've been doing in this country, at least since hmm, somewhere around the time of a certain get together in Georgia on a certain island that rhymes with heckle, you know, like we've been doing that. That's what we've been doing. We started with the money. Once they got the money in their in their back pockets and the bankers basically controlled everything and they basically bought off the politicians, then they started to move towards all the other things. It's been a very slow burn process uh, where little by little. Again, I'm just speaking about America. I can't I can't speak to Canada. I don't know your history and I can't speak to Great Britain or Australia. But it's like, little by little, this country has allowed itself to be boiled, you know? And now we're at a point where there's probably not enough frogs to jump out of the pot to make a difference. That's what I'm saying. That's an interesting take. Um, not enough frogs to jump out of the pot to make a difference. I mean, the only frog you have to care about is the frog that you are. So if you jump out, then that's all that really matters, right? Uh, I, Do you uh, think that's true, though, Jeff? Like, I, I, know, I think I think look, you have you're to... in the belly of the beast, man. I I am, I, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this uh, unabashedly. You are one of my very good friends, and I genuinely care about you and your wife and your son. And when you moved, that was it was a real relief for me, okay? Because I saw what was happening in your country, and I was worried about you. I was worried about your boy. I was worried about you, and and you moving actually meant a lot to me. It really did because it's like he's getting he's getting it out. He's getting it right. Because when we first met, if you admitted this on the show, you were like guns are bad, and you know right wing whatever is bad, conservatism is bad. And then we started doing this podcast together, and I've kind of watched you sort of become more and more. Not I don't want to say right wing because I think that's an erroneous statement to be honest because it doesn't really describe what's happening but you've become more sovereign how about that okay yeah i think all bitcoiners become more sovereign as they, yeah as and they so but i i am genuinely at this point i am again worried about you man like legitimately i don't know that you're in a place of safety as a sovereign individual so i don't know you take it from there but it's, well, it's making me ner like i still i feel like i still have a little bit of time like my country is very much moving towards that. And you can see that in the news reports and the political rhetoric and everything else. I feel like I have a little more time than you do. Not much, but I a think, little. Uh, okay. Here's the thing. You can be free anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. Like, okay, my opinion. So I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but here's my thoughts. It doesn't really matter where you are if you want to be free once you realize that the only person you have to save is yourself and your immediate family, I think, sure. is the most important thing. Because when I first found Bitcoin, I was like, oh, my God, I have to save everybody. And this should be easy because it's so obvious what's going on. And then you realize, oh, it's not obvious. I found one friend 
that's you that was like oh shit shit's going down and i was like okay sweet at least i saved one person and that that felt really good to me but i've come to realize like the people that aren't that you don't how do i want to say this the people there's more people that don't want to be saved because they don't know that anything's wrong and i've kind of this might sound cold but i've kind of given up on them and i do it all the time now like there's people that are very close to me that i say hey you should look at bitcoin here's why and they say oh no i'm not interested it's just a ponzi it's whatever and I, like i don't care anymore i've given up it's not that i've given up it's that i've realized there's nothing i can say to change their mind the best thing i can do for me is take care of myself so i was talking to one person and they're like i, I think i've kind of nailed you down you're you're libertarian is that is that kind of where you're coming from like i mean I get like, I agree with most of their theories, <laughs> right? It's not like, far enough, not far enough. My, my imaginary friend of Jeff's not yeah. quite far enough. But when they said that, I was like, I mean, it just, I just like looking at things logically it, it, libertarian ideals for the most part, make the most logical sense. You look at sure. anything else. Okay. Well, they take socialism again. So this, this particular person was like, well, what do you do with the people that can't take care of themselves? The libertarian, the libertarian ideal is, well, screw them. If they can't take care of themselves, screw them. And like some people are not okay with that. And it kind of right. sucks, but I've kind of become okay with that. Like the world, you look at any well, other, you look can at I address that for one second, because I share okay. a lot of your ideals, but you and I do have a different, and it's so funny, right? Like if we, if we went back to like the first dozen episodes, like our, I think both of our understandings have evolved so greatly in three seasons that it's really weird because like, I think I was probably the most flag waving guy ever when we that, started the show yeah that was gonna be my question for you if, if, yeah. if you're still a patriot or, uh no well just, well, just earlier okay. i brought ahead, it up ahead. just earlier up, i brought it up is, is um i said you know there's there's the, the amount of patriots is going down and I, i'm curious if you feel like you're one of those that used to love the flag and now you're like oh yeah like f fuck this so, country like where do you well, come on that yeah that's such a that's a, such a Okay, it's not a hard question. It shouldn't be a hard question. But again, my history, what I was raised, I mean, my father, my, my grandfather, most of my uncles, they, they, my, my, my grandfather almost died for this country, right? Like, I almost wasn't here. Like, uh, I can I just tell a story real fast about my grandfather? Because it, it's such a... Well, yeah, I just, I don't know, whatever. I just, I, tell, tell the story. I think about my grandfather a lot these days, actually. What, what would grandfather think about all this shit? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, uh, one time in like hmm, sixth, seventh grade, I had to do a history report of like a living person that experienced the past kind of a thing. I don't remember exactly what the definition was, but whatever. So I interviewed my grandfather. My grandfather never talked about his time in World War II, right? Uh, my grandfather didn't storm the beaches of Normandy. He came in on the second wave and he helped secure France. That was his job. And one of the things, and I just, I just want to tell this story so that it's just out there. Like, I think one of the things about uh, people is that if we stop remembering them, then, then that's when they truly die. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so he tells me this story and you can see that he's getting really worked up. And my grandfather was not an emotional man at all. Right. Like generally he was just pissed off and you just kind of like, 
he when he laughed and i think i've said this before when my grandfather laughed it was the most amazing thing because he was the most jolly person and you could tell that that person was in there but for the most part he was a hard ass honest to god so when he got emotional it was kind of a big deal for me as a youngster watching him anyways he's telling me this story about how he was helping to secure a neighborhood in france and they were still getting shelled and he goes into this courtyard so the way he described to me which is i think a lot of people understand is like an apartment complex with a courtyard in the middle and basically had like four entrance ways into the courtyard in between buildings does that kind of make sense yeah i think i've played that map in call of duty before <laughs> so anyways he's telling me this story about how him and his squad are they're they're gonna go in and they're gonna like kind of secure the courtyard first and then kind of move out through the buildings or whatever and somehow a bomb gets dropped like right in the courtyard as they're marching into it right and he tells me that you know the guy in front of him was just completely evaporated just gone and this the guy not not i'm sorry the guy the two guys in front the, the second guy in front of him i should say so the guy in the very lead was totally evaporated just gone and the guy right in front of him was just blown to bits, you know, pretty much died instantly, whatever. And then he was kind of left unscathed. And the only reason I tell that story is because that was kind of how, like, my grandfather could have not been here and I wouldn't have been here at all. Mm -hmm. And he did that as a result of fighting for his country, you know, like, so it means that story means a lot to me, not only because I actually exist, thankfully, but also because he he you know quote unquote answered the call and he went over there and he did what the country asked of him and so for a long time i felt a certain amount of pride with that right my grandfather was there like he he wasn't he was this is so weird right like he wasn't some desk jockey he wasn't some guy way back you know where the, the action wasn't happening he was right there and he lost friends he watched it happen and it, that means something to a human, I think, right? So it's really hard for me to answer the question of like, are you still a patriot? Because my grandfather almost died and he definitely suffered as a result of being for his country. And I want to honor him by being for my country. Mm -hmm. And go ahead, go ahead. No, sorry, I'll let you finish. Okay. And I guess at this point, I've seen what my country has done since the time of his sacrifice and his willingness to die for this country. And I am ashamed of that. So that I'll say at the same time, the ideals that he marched into that peril, that those ideals are something I still very much hold to. Mm -hmm. The idea of a free man uh, making his own decisions and making his own way in the world, the idea of freedom, those were the things that drove my grandfather, and those are the things that drive me. I absolutely still believe in that American ideal of freedom, uh, of self-determination, of the right to sovereignty. I mean, those were the things that this country literally were founded on. And we have gotten so, so far away from them. So do I like my country today? No, I don't like the country. 
do I like the ideas that my country was founded on? And do I wish it would return to that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Beautiful story. Grandpa sounds like a badass dude. Absolutely. He he was, yeah. He was kind of a badass. So here's my thoughts. Um, War is interesting because all these young guys that went over there were fighting for what they believed in. Right. They were fighting for freedom. They were fighting for sure. uh, the safety of their country to take care of their, their their next generation. The problem is, is that they were they were fed a story to say the only way to keep freedom alive in your country is to go kill people in another country. And that story is fed to you by politicians and people in charge. And, you know, the, the warlords, whoever it is, whether it's uh the warlords on the American side or wherever else uh, on the good guys or bad guys, whoever you want to call, whichever the people in control aren't fighting They're, they They literally use these guys as pawns and um, people have a need to, you know, be important. You want to leave a legacy. It sounds like your grandfather did, which is awesome. Yeah. For the but, record, don't, don't pull any punches just because I, I just did an emotional story. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I don't trying want to, you to, I don't want you to, I don't want to, I don't want you to hedge your language just because I just did a very heartfelt thing. Like say what you have to say and I can, I, I can be fair about it, but okay. I, I just want you to like, if you got to, you want to blast, go blast. That's fine. Okay. I think the people that chose to go to war were stupid, <laughs> stupid, not stupid in the sense that they were dumb. <laughs> like they were just uninformed. They were uninformed, broke and had no other options. And they were told if you go over there, you will uh, be important and you will save your country. And they had no other ability to think otherwise. It, it's very similar to the story that people were fed at the beginning of COVID saying, if you stay at home, you'll save lives and you're become a good person. It's the same thing. But instead of feeding to idiots that play video games all day saying you can be a hero by sitting at home, they fed stories to actual badass dudes like your grandfather that said, hold this gun, go kill some dudes and you're going to save your country. So it's just it's just uh whatever the narrative is for the general pop uh general um what's the word generation that is uh you know that age at that time so i think that in order to fight for freedom what you really need to do now it's not go kill people on the other side of an ocean it's remove yourself from the people that are telling you what to do. So there was there was somebody that told all these soldiers to go fight. What the what those guys should have said is like, yeah, fuck off. I'm gonna go to the the field, you know, a couple hundred kilometers away and start a farm and not play any of your games because I don't need to. And right now you can like <laughs> me and you, Doug, are in such an insane time that all we have to do is take our life energy time, whatever we spend, remove it from that fiat system that feeds the war beast, remove it from that system, put it into Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden you are fighting for freedom in a way that nobody in the past ever could even imagine. It's literally like the power is the money. The money controls the people. The people in control of the money control the soldiers. If you just say, my money isn't your money, you don't control my money. My money is Bitcoin. Your money is American dollars. Fuck your American dollars. They're stupid. I don't use those because they're broken. 
my money is Bitcoin. I don't need to listen to you. And then you usher in a greater age where people aren't just shooting at each other, dropping bombs in an apartment complex. The, the guy that dropped the bombs on, on your grandfather and his uh, companions there, he didn't know what he was doing. He was just, somebody told him, drop a bomb here. It's just a bunch of idiots that are being... I, it, so, it's, so, okay. it's so frustrating to me that all these soldiers are just told what to do so and told i can i can agree with and and i I'll, I'll i'll go ahead before i even start and i'll just say maybe i just have a bias because it was my grandfather but i i have studied not a ton i probably should study a lot more of world war ii history but as i understand like i don't think okay here, okay, how do I, hmm, this is, it is super complex, right? Like, it, it's not, it's not, okay, I'll, I'll start this way. It's also if, difficult to study um, World War II history because it's all biased. I mean, the winners sure, write right. the history. Yeah, so the, if, the, the, victory, the victors write the history, and I get that part. But, okay, I forgot where exactly I was going to start. But you have to, I think you have to start with the premise that evil really does exist. Okay, yes. it's a real thing. There, and and from my perspective, especially as a Christian, like I do think there is a actual person, an entity called the devil that tries really hard to lead humanity astray. Okay, so fine, that's what I've said. If you want to ignore that part, that's fine. If you want to try to deny evil, then everything I'm about to say will not make sense to you. Okay, I think Hitler was an evil fucking dude. Right, he was not a good guy. He was, he was weird also. He was very weird. But I don't... Oh, that's what I was going to say. So because the people believed, and, and some of us still do, believe that freedom was the most important thing, if you see evil happening where he's t some sort of evil is taking away people's freedom, I think there's a certain level of responsibility for the freedom lovers to push back against the evil. And it's not just, I'm going to withdraw from your group or whatever. Like, I think there has to be an active pushback. Give you a, a more localized example. If there's somebody bullying a kid, right? Let's say you're much younger. Let's say you're a 12 year old. Okay. And you see some other 12 year old bullying a 12 year old. I think if you're in a position where you can stop it from happening, you should do it. You know, I, 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 I think that's just, I don't know, man. I think that's just part of how you be a good human. And it, it, it again, another example, it's not necessarily evil, but it's a bad, right? Firefighters, they run into burning buildings right? To save people who can't save themselves. I think that's a good. I think we should strive to be good. And if that means we have to be violent to be good, I am okay with that. I don't have a problem inherently with violence. I just don't. Because I think there are a lot of people who will use violence to be bad. And the only thing that stops them is violence that will stop them. Oh, right? Okay. Do you really, are you, do you disagree? Dude, can I, Man, it's unbelievable that you brought this up. I love the universe sometimes. Okay, so okay. Um, I actually, yeah, I put it on Twitter the other day that I've decided to 
write my first Bitcoin article or piece, I guess, whatever. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't, I saw that and I'm excited to hear about it, but you haven't talked to me because I've been out of town, but I expect to hear some sort of dissertation on this. So go. So I've never written anything before in my life. And um, yeah, my premise is that I want to try and communicate to people that what I think about all the time, because yeah, I think about Bitcoin all the time and you bring up good and evil. My, my piece is going to be called Bitcoin is good. <laughs> and I think it's a funny title because it sounds so like simple, but it's going to be about how Bitcoin is good versus what evil is. And I also agree that there's a lot of evil in the world and that it truly exists. Um, and I, I think Bitcoin can. I got uh, to stop you there for a second. I have to stop you because when you and I first started this little project and even beforehand you and i would talk a couple of times before before why bitcoin you once told me you didn't think that people were inherently evil or that they they could be bad like they were just misguided i, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it but so, you once told me you didn't really believe in evil so this is interesting oh okay oh. no, no uh, yeah i didn't mean to say i didn't believe in evil i think that Hmm. How deep do I want to get into this right now? We're pretty deep into this podcast. Maybe this can be um, a couple no, episodes. No, 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 no. We're going now. We're doing because I'm but, fascinated. Go. But I think I think that people are either good or evil, right? And I think that uh, evil has been winning for <laughs> always. Basically, evil has always won. Um, and there's been standout characters in history that have been uh, ultimate good that have tried to. Um, fight back, you know, Jesus Christ comes up, uh, Gandhi, uh, Gandhi, Gandhi fought evil by saying you can't fight violence with violence. And you just said the only way to fight violence is with violence. Well, and I, for the record, I, Gandhi yeah. was pro-gun. Yeah, he was probably pro, yeah, pro self-defense, yeah. right? Yeah. But but not okay. Well, the bad guys are like Gandhi sat. What did I? I need. I'm gonna do more research on him. But for the most part, he just sat there. Right. He, he sat there and said, I'm just going to not do anything and I'm not going to I'm not going to fight back. Right. So you can yeah. with your example of there's a kid bullying another kid. What do you do? Do you go fight the bully? I don't know. It's a tough call, but maybe the better option is just to remove the kid from that bully and then just say, see, can like, I just I, caveat? And, yeah, and sure. Just say, I don't like it's not, it's I, not thought out yet, but no, I know. I know. And, and I don't, I don't want to put you on that. Like, I don't want you to put, I don't want to put you on the spot for that or whatever. But like when I was growing up, I was bullied a lot as a kid. I just was. Mm -hmm. And I remember very specifically, there was a, a time in eighth grade. It was Mrs. Waterman's class. It was on lunch break and there were no adults around for some reason. I don't know why it's odd because it was a rainy day. So we couldn't go out to recess. So we were all in the classroom and these guys were picking on this kid. Paul Ryan was his name actually. Yeah, it's weird because it actually turns out to be he was a he's had the same name as a guy who used to represent me in the Senate. But anyways, um, so these guys were picking on him and and I was always picked on. And I just there was something that sparked inside of me because of that. And I came up behind this guy named Brian. I won't say his last name because maybe he's still alive, whatever. And I flipped this kid over my hip. I did one of those moves where, like, I grabbed him by the shoulders and I. I put my leg out and I just threw him over my leg kind of a thing. And I don't know what hit me, but it was just like, I, I just can't stand this. I cannot stand somebody doing this to another person. It was just, it just one of those like, 
rage building up moments, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Point is, they stopped picking on that kid and they never touched either one of us ever again, right? Mm-hmm. Until I got to high school and then I was picked on again. Whatever, fine. So I I I don't think evil just stops. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's nothing to push against evil, evil just keeps rolling, man. Look at Justin, right? If you guys had voted him out of office, he wouldn't be doing the stupid shit he's doing right now. But now he is. And now he's disarming you. And you guys are literally one step away from being New Zealand where, not to be pointed, but the point is, if you're not careful, you're going into a camp, Jeff. I'm talking to you specifically. You're going to be put in a camp because you're a dissident. And what do socialists and communists do? The Gulag Archipelago, man, they put you away. They get you out of the general population. They generally starve you. That's what they do. And if nobody pushes back against that, and for guys like Justin, for guys like Biden, for guys like uh, Jacinda out down in New Zealand, or who's that mop head in, uh, in England, if we don't push back, sometimes violently, then they just keep doing what they're doing. And again, in more context, if you don't push guys, uh, if you don't push back against guys like Hitler, they just take over. They just do, they just, they walk over Poland and then they're in through France and then they're bombing the shit out of England. And I mean, they have designs on all of Africa. It's, it's nuts. Like just, I, I, okay. I don't understand how you could study history and not think that evil has to be pushed back against Evil doesn't appreciate passivity. No, I, right? I, I, I'm agreeing with you on that. Okay. Okay. I think, and <laughs> hopefully we're still friends after this. Um, I think that there's been very few accounts in all of human history where good has ultimately prevailed. I think uh, Jesus Christ was one of those. He was a nonviolent um, arbiter of ultimate good. And he said, if you follow me and like learn my lessons, then there's going to be, you know, you remove your sin. I don't know exactly how he said it. And then there's been other people in the past. Buddha would say, you just become one with the universe and you don't need to partake in all the evil that's going on because ultimately there's good everywhere. And I think that so you can throw somebody over your shoulder, sure, to all you're doing though is just saying uh yeah he was in charge now i'm in charge right so now you're the ultimate you're you're the alpha however you want to say it but you're promoting your um what's the word authority by violence and violence is i in my opinion ultimately bad so even though you're doing it for good you're still saying if anybody messes with me i'm going to throw them over my shoulder and then you're only keeping people in line by fear. Ultimately, if you break it down, Jesus, well, Buddha, Gandhi, they all did it by, hey, I don't have to do, I don't have to partake in the evil. I can just be good. And life can be okay if you just are good. Okay. And my- <laughs> Except for if you if you look at the life of the people that actually went that right. And obviously you're right. You know, Jesus, in my opinion, understanding jesus had a different mission than i did 
Okay, like that, yeah. Well, compare, I was gonna, I was gonna. You can't compare the mission of Jesus with the mission of Doug. Like, but you just can. Not comparable. But okay, so this is where our friendship ends. You can no, compare. Not at all. Not at all. Not you can't. Happen. You can compare the mission of Jesus with the mission of Bitcoin, in my opinion. Oh no, I, I actually, I don't disagree with that statement. I, I, I think that. I think that the pursuit of good is an inherently a human pursuit mm-hmm. and we have Jesus as our guidepost towards it. Other, Absolutely. There, there have been other members in history as well that have been ultimately yes, good as well. Yes, but for me as a Christian, for, yeah. they, they kind of paled in comparison. Let's just say the, the actual Godhead son of God uh, who came down to earth and became human, he's a little more than, than, a Gandhi or a Mother Teresa, right? I'm just going to, that's my take, right? So fine. But I'm not saying you can't be, you can't invoke change, but look at where India is, right? Like, it's still a class, it's still a, what is that called? A caste system. They still, you know, I mean. Evil has been ruling the world for pretty much forever. And I think that and by the had... way for the record that's super biblical that is like i don't i don't know if you know that or not but like literally in a christian construct okay and i'm not going to ascribe this to you necessarily but even jesus talked about the fact that the devil runs this world this is his world until god comes back and casts him into the lake of fire and then it is God's world again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I, I don't understand the philosophy behind that. Like I'm not God, so I don't understand why he did it. It's, it has something to do with that whole sin being introduced in the world with the Adam and Eve and the apple thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like, you're right. Okay. Evil has always existed. It's always infected the hearts of man. And it's been our challenge to figure out both philosophically and physically how we're going to deal with this Mm. and some people have chosen a path of um positive resistance i'll call it right and some people throw people people over their shoulders and some people get a little violent and i am definitely part of the latter and i i i can i cannot stomach uh bullies i just can't like it is something that literally makes me violent it just does and whether that is a politician being a bully or it's just the guy on the playground like i'll i'll let anybody fight in a fair fight you know what i'm saying like if there's two kids and they want to square up so like real talk right i live literally my my yard is bordering a park a public park okay i get kids in here all the time and I kind of feel a duty to sort of like kind of supervise, right? Because a lot of these kids come from other parts of the little village, excuse me, little village I live in. And sometimes there's clearly a kid who's being picked on. That kid, I come to the fence line and I yell at kids. And a couple of times, if my yelling isn't enough, I'll jump the fence and I'll go say something. 
if two kids of equal size and clearly of equal persuasion, they want to go at each other, I'm okay with that. I don't think that's evil. I think that's just two people squaring up and trying to solve it. And maybe they want to solve it violently. That's their problem, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. I I think if you are a, a person of power, regardless of how that power is enacted, physically or politically or economically or religiously, let's even say, okay, if you want to exert your power over someone that can't fight back, that sparks something in me that I have to push against. I have to. Mm-hmm. Because... And, and I, I, I can't find myself to be the person that just steps away. I just can't be that guy, Jeff. Well, th- that's what's going on right now. There's people that have more power, government, yep. that has more yep. power over people that are trying to exert their power over them by telling them what they can do and where they can go and what they can eat and what money they can use. And as Bitcoiners were saying, no, we're fighting back against you. Your rules are stupid. Your power is dumb. I don't appreciate you. I think you're an idiot. And I'm not going to partake in your games. You're, you're going to the, to the park and saying, yeah, Justin, no, you're not welcome here. We're not even part of your circle. Like this is, you, you don't need to be here. And what Bitcoin does is that it does it with ultimate good. With nonviolence, you don't you don't have to be no, violent. You don't. I there's agree, no. But it's not it's not taken enough root to be powerful. What do you mean? That's that's my okay. So, I'll give you a story to explain this. This was about two. No, this was during my Bitcoin phase. So this must have been. When did we start doing this podcast? Seventeen years ago. <laughs> Okay, so it probably was last 4th of July. Okay. Okay. Yes, because we had just gotten out of COVID lockdowns here. So historically, my family goes to the beach on 4th of July. And we go to this beach that is pretty, it's, I don't know how to describe it other than it's kind of just open season. So there's a lot of people that like what they'll do is they'll, it's a very large, like a long beach, if, if you know what I'm saying. Like it. There's a lot of space of sand between the beach and maybe anything that could possibly burn. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of gap between like the waves. Oh, and so yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a big, it's a big lake, right? Like, I need to say that it's Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan has its own waves. Like it, it has its own, like, uh, what's it called? Undertow. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like your typical small fishing lake. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's, the, a, it's one of the Great Lakes. It's one of the Great Lakes. I'm yes, going to have to assume that. that hopefully our audience is uh, educated enough to know what the Great Lakes are. If I'm they sorry, don't, I, it... it's okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So the point to... is, is like you have its massive body of water and then you have about 50 to 100 yards of beach. Okay. And so we went there for 4th of July. This was after the lockdowns had stopped in our area like the, the, the 4th of July after lockdowns had stopped and there was uh so everybody always traditionally, we, we would come together as different families, different communities. We'd, we'd stake out a little spot on the, the beach. Okay. And we would watch the fireworks come from this little town that's nearby. And they, cause they would fire the fireworks over the lake. So everyone could see them North and South. Like you could see this. And, traditionally everybody has their own little fires everyone's doing their own little thing you know and nobody's nobody's upset it's it's very anarchy as it were right because 
you do your thing as long as you're doing your thing far enough away from my family everybody's happy you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying you want to you want to light fireworks like personally that's cool as long as it's far enough away from everybody else and tradition like through tradition i should say if you're too close to another family group or another unit like that unit will yell at you and you should stop because you're too close and they have little kids or whatever right so last year or maybe the year before i i'm I'm so confused now like in terms of how time works right Mm -hmm. we had the quote unquote fire unit coming through on the beach on ATVs, you know, and they were, they were yelling at people. You can't have that fire. Get that fire out of here. Blah, 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 blah. And it was, again, it was this idea of you had locked us down for almost two years. We finally have a reason to celebrate quote unquote being free on the day of our independence i.e. the (laughs) celebration of freedom and you're going to come through with some petty little stupid you know console law that says you can't have a fire on this beach even though we've had fires on this beach for 20 years and i stood up again and i didn't i wasn't violent this time i wasn't violent jeff but they were harassing a family like a a family group you know maybe 100 yards away from me And I walked about half the distance and I kind of like half listened in and I said, boo, loudly, often, while they were trying to write this family a ticket. And I said, you know, and and they then they kind of turned their ATVs around. They came back to me. Maybe I'm a firebrand. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not trying to be that guy. I just like freedom and I hate freaking bullies. Mm -hmm. So we have this family just trying to enjoy their freedom with a little fire and some you know, hot dog gross and bratwurst or whatever. And these guys come in and they're like, you can't enjoy your freedom. No, fuck you. I'm done with this. I'm done with being locked down. I'm done with not enjoying my freedom. And I just said, boo, a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And they finally just kind of, and then other people kind of joined in or whatever. But so it's like, they just kind of like went away, you know? And everyone restarted their fires and we all just went on. But like, I just, I just feel like if you don't stand up for freedom and sometimes in a way that's very confrontational, like I don't Mm -hmm. think passivity works. I think Bitcoin is often, it's often described as this very passive way to achieve your freedom. Mm, I don't think it's passive. Yeah. I, I do. I, I think it is though. I, I, this is a good topic because I think a lot of Bitcoiners will say, all we have to do is buy and hodl, and then we win. And I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I yeah. think we're going to have to fight for Bitcoin. We're going to have to fight for freedom, Jeff. You have to. And, and I don't. I, and just for for my FBI monitors, I am not saying we have to be physically violent and cause revolution. I'm saying we have to be willing to do more than just buy and hodl. We have yeah. to push back when we see uh bullying when we see unfairness happen Mm -hmm. the 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 ultimate unfairness is fiat money the ultimate truth is bitcoin the best way to fight the people (laughs) there's so many like very short quick sayings that circulate on bitcoin twitter and things like this like buy and hodl or have fun staying poor or ngmi that i think people look at at face value 
but like uh, I talked about this on uh, Dan and Mike's show, like you have to dive deeper into what these things actually mean because yeah, like all you have to do is buy and hodl. It's true, but you have to understand what you're doing when you do that. You're removing the ability of the state to control your time, effort, energy, and money. If you use Bitcoin as your money rather than their money, it, it you defund like you, you take away their ability to have control over you because those cops are funded by the state. If they if the state only can off okay, you're a cop, the state pays you, and they say we'll give you a uh, hundred dollars a day to be a cop. What happens eventually when a hundred dollars doesn't mean anything? Well, the cop says, oh, I'm not going to do that because I don't want $100. The value changes. What you value... I don't, I don't disagree with that. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me, let me let you finish. Just what people value changes. So if you can, like, as much as, yeah, buy and hodl is important, but also I think the, the most important thing, what I'm trying... I guess one of my main mission statements... If, if I can say that in being a Bitcoiner would be to get people to start their own circular, circular economies, get, just remove the need for fiat from your life all in. I think that is a um, nonviolent way to remove power, to enable good to take over because mm, yeah, a couple more points I want to get into here. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, evil is what what you said is controlling other people. And if people control you, then you're you're a slave to them. And if you hold fiat money, then you're a slave to whoever controls the fiat money. If you hold Bitcoin, then you're a slave to no one, and you're able to do whatever you want to do. You're a free person, and with that comes the ability to just enable more good in the world, like. This the same way when you throw somebody over your shoulder and say, This is my like this is my playground now. You're saying, Oh, I don't take your Dude, fiat. That's not I'm... how it works. Just for the <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You're simplifying that interaction so I, greatly. I know I'm not good at I'm not I'm still working it out, man. It's, 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 there's a lot to figure out here. But I'm just saying that if you just remove the need from a fiat from your life. Now that you have the option of having Bitcoin, you remove the ability for evil to take over, is what I think. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Because my argument, not necessarily against that, but as a secondary adjunct to that statement would be, if we can both agree that evil is a real thing and people succumb to it, and if we define evil as the desire to uh, establish and lord power over another human being, I would argue that just hodling Bitcoin isn't enough. You're going to have to be ready, in my opinion, to defend that Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Because I know the argument is if I take this Bitcoin and I and I operate outside of it, outside of the the current fiat merry-go-round, right? Then I take away power and they can't really affect me. 
And my argument is, if you do that, you are a threat to their power. And they will focus on you. And you need to be prepared. However you choose to be prepared, you need, you need to be prepared to deal with that. Right? Mm -hmm. In the past, violence has been a way to do it. Maybe Bitcoin provides an opportunity, but I am more likely to err on the side of if I'm a Bitcoiner and I challenge the status quo, they will come after me and they will just, do I want to go total tinfoil hat? Yeah, go <clears throat> ahead. Say the thing. I think that honestly, they would be more than willing to just make us disappear rather than deal with the consequences of a free and completely uh they they would they would rather make us disappear than deal with freedom money i i, I think at this point they have shown enough of their cards to, to to say they don't want competition they don't want us to challenge them and passivity will just get us to the point where we disappear so what you need to do to spread ultimate good would be the, the best way to fight back against people that are trying to take take over you and disappear you is to make yourself expensive to be um taken over and disappeared uh, i think uh, i think it's diligent that said this line is make yourself expensive to tyranny i'm sure it's probably a line that's been said before it's pretty cool but ultimately the the, the first way to do that is like we said earlier you know get out of the cities the cities are yep, easy to take agree. over right so okay step one move out of the cities step two uh stop using their money so that the more the less we use their money the less valuable it becomes the more we use our money the more valuable it becomes so you're out of the city you're not using their money all of a sudden all the goons that they hire to disappear you all they can offer them the only thing they can offer them is fiat money that's all they have to give that's all they have and if fiat money is worthless because so many communities are outside of the cities that only exchange in bitcoin all of a sudden it's not just expensive to take over it's impossible they don't have the means to do it I think expensive needs to mean more than just cash money. That would be my only argument. And that is as far as I want to take that statement. But everybody that understands what I'm saying right now, they understand it. So that's fine. I, I just don't, from another perspective, We've already seen nation states try, we've already seen the money changers try to kill Bitcoin, the IMF, right? Mm -hmm. It's great. They try they to can. kill Bitcoin. What's that? It's great because they cannot. Well, they're, they're having a really, really hard time doing it. But what we're also seeing in tandem with them doing it is we are seeing a load of bad actors, in my opinion setting the stage for something the world has never seen before. And I don't know how far I want to go. I don't know if you're ready for it, Jeff. I just don't know if you're ready for whatever your whatever, whatever your crazy conspiracy theories and insane world, end of the world, 
uh, I'm a thousand percent further than you. I cried on the floor when I discovered that you were going to become a Bitcoiner. Okay. So I've been there. Don't and worry. Why do you think that you're not in jail? Why are you still in Canada is my question. Though. Because Bitcoin wins, baby. Life is good. Good one for the first time ever in all of human history. It's, it's, a, it's miraculous that me and you are alive in a time where in all of human, in all of history of the universe, evil has taken over and now good has finally won and we get to witness it it's gonna be fucking glorious it's gonna be messy but the world that comes out of i guess and, and right. i'm not okay. i'm okay. not talking okay. about utopian shit because i did go there before no i i, I, I know don't, i know you don't believe that i know i know i know so my question is though and this is this is my concern right i got i got five children i got five kids a fee right and you you got one you got a you got a beautiful wife that you're you know you're concerned about and everything else. And this is my argument: is that it's not enough to just buy and hodl. And I, I and so I don't want to necessarily say, "Hey Jeff, tell me your plans," but I will say, "Hey Jeff, I really hope you have a plan because buying and hodling isn't enough in your location anymore." Like your premier, is that what he is? He's a premier, right? Premier, yeah. Yeah. He's declared war, man. Like he's ready to go. And the, as always, right, the true bad, the baddie at the top, he's always just going to have thugs at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And he's going to send those guys out for guys like us, right? Mm. Are you ready? And maybe that's the question to the audience this week. Maybe that's Doug's fun cue of the week. It's, are you ready to be a baddie as declared by the other baddies? You know, because it's not just going to be you can buy and hodl, man. They're not just going to give up their power. And that's no, where man. I'm confused, you know. Okay. Like, like if you if you acknowledge that evil exists and you acknowledge, like I do, that evil is basically a pursuit of power over other people, and then you're literally, as a Bitcoiner, you're standing in the way of the baddies who have used violence historically for almost anything, you know? Why do you think that violence isn't going to come to your doorstep? Okay, violence is going to come to our doorstep, but yeah, this is a little religious. Okay, um, Jesus died on the cross. The baddies came to his doorstep. And yet, good prevailed because his message was delivered to the world. Therefore, good, like good, good, that was good. So you're arguing for martyrdom? No, no, no. But yeah, I can see how you could see it that way. Um, not martyrdom. Just the fact that, like, good ultimately wins. It's gonna be. It's gonna be crazy i agree it's gonna get violent they're not gonna like us but yeah i made peace with the fact that i was gonna be a criminal pretty early on in my bitcoin career as well that was one of my first week things it's like oh this is gonna be we're gonna be looked at as the bad guys just like just like the unvaxxed were the evil ones it's like they're, they're gonna put the narrative that bitcoiners ruined the economy they're gonna put the narrative that bitcoin and they've tried that already you know, bitcoin's destroying the planet bitcoin is uh they're hoarding all the wealth bitcoiners are uh whatever they can say to make us evil but in your heart you know that it's not true so 
we have the truth on our side too. That's the other beautiful thing. It's like they can lie all the all fucking day if they want to. The truth still wins because it's the fucking truth. You don't even have to argue it. That that that's why like I mean you'll 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 see this on Bitcoin Twitter too. Any shitcoiner that comes up that has something bad to say about Bitcoin, Bitcoiners don't argue. Okay. How do I want to say this? I think Bitcoiners don't argue. I think Bitcoiners just explain what what reality is, right? It's like Bitcoin is going to win. Your shitcoin is stupid. If you don't believe me, you can have fun staying poor. It's not an argument. It's just a fact. Truth is on our side. We don't have to do anything. It's like saying two plus two equals four. You can argue about it all day, but two plus two is always going to equal four. And that's what's beautiful <laughs> about Bitcoin. It's and just, you're now an enemy of the state. Good yeah, job, you're, you're, we're uh, yeah, we're enemies of the state, and that's fine. Who cares? That the state dies eventually. They're useless. They they always have been. Just like how we said earlier, you know, communism uh, is only good if you're the leader in charge of communism. Well, eventually, nobody's going to want to. I don't know. Maybe that's a topic for another day. But yeah, I mean. So that's the premise of what I'm trying to write about. I got a whole fuck ton of notes that I'm trying that I'm going to try and work out. So maybe I'll be able to convince you of my my theories. But yeah, like like I said, it, it's not very well. If you out. ever want pushback or just somebody to read it, I'm happy to do it. And I'm looking forward to the article, dude. Like yeah, I, I really too. am, because I I this is something I struggle with every day. Is this idea of you know, and I come at it from a different perspective of you, right? Like where you're invoking the name of Jesus as somebody who doesn't believe in him. And that's fine. I'm not, no, I, I, okay, I'm hold not, on. I'm not, I'm not shitting on that, but it's just like, like my, my take, my take is doubly, uh, burdened because you're right. He was essentially a pacifist, although he was a pacifist in a very different way than a Gandhi because he actually understood the truth of everything because he was God. So, it's a little different, but um, there is, but at the same time, you know, there, there, there are passages in the Bible where he talks, he being God talks about the idea of like beating your plowshares into swords, you know, and like being ready for war. And he talks about uh, like Jesus himself talks about this idea of sell your cloak and buy a sword, you know, like, uh, or the, if you look at revelations, Jesus talks, or well, again, God, God, whatever, uh, talks through uh, the prophet John about how Jesus comes down and, uh, he, he has a sword in his mouth and he does, and his cloak is, um, uh, doused in blood, essentially, you know, like God understands violence, right? I'm just, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to shy away from that fact as a, as a Christian, because it's true, you know, like God understands he, God, in my view, right? Like my perspective, God created violence. He was the first one that did it, you know? And so you, I don't want you to have the perspective that violence won't come to you because I care for you as a friend. Yeah. I and I want you to, I, I don't want you to be not, prepared. I don't want you to be a martyr is what it comes on to. Yeah, no. let me, I'm, I'm very aware that that's what I've been trying to say. I'm very aware shit's going to get violent and you definitely have to be prepared for how crazy things are going to get. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's not my point at all. I, I'm not denying the fact that they will fight us very hard to keep their power. And I guess that's what I wanted to hear. Not, not that I want, 
anything beyond that. It's just, I think so many Bitcoiners on Bitcoin Twitter are just like, yeah, if I just buy and hodl, everything will be cool. Everything's yeah. going to be golden, man. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just buy this Bitcoin. I'll just hold on to it. It's like, no, yeah, they that, will come after you. I really think that. That's yeah. That's not a good um, mentality to have at all. I, I, I well, think I'm of glad all, you clarified that because I was, I was kind of, yeah, I think of all of those sayings as meaning much deeper meanings than uh, just, you know, the three words that you post on Twitter, buy an auto or have fun staying poor. <laughs> I, I, I think that maybe we can go into where I've I've gone on those in my head too, because I, I think they're a lot deeper than uh, people think. Like there's a reason that they they circulate so well. There's a lot more to have fun staying poor than just. We should probably we should probably do an episode where we talk about like the catchphrases of Bitcoin. I mean, we can do that. And we kind of try to break them down a little bit, at least in, in terms of art. Or maybe maybe there's somebody who has a better understanding that wants to be part of the show, and we could. We could do that. I just. We can do that. Yeah. That would be cool. I think, uh, okay, maybe we'll put a cap on it here for today because that was. Yeah, it's a pretty good romp, man. Pretty good romp. Like we, and again, this is, this is one of the fun episodes. Like if you're still with us at this point, like you haven't reported us to the FBI. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, but like, this is one of the fun ones where we're just kind of doing thought experiments and we're, we're doing it in real time. We had no show map for tonight. Usually we do. We had no show map and it just kind of came out this way. So that's kind of fun where we can just kind of like hypothesize about good and evil and, and, you know, historical value and all that fun stuff. So appreciate you guys joining us on that one. Yeah. Um, Doug, it's We're absolutely. Go next, Jeff. It's just absolutely insane how the universe works. Because I was like, do I want to talk to Doug tonight about my idea of good versus evil and how I'm going to try and write about that? And I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm really ready to even explain. You know what excites me? About and that you you episode. brought you brought it up, man. And I'm like, I know, but I feel like I feel like you're so close to like just understanding Christianity, man. You're just like right there. You're yeah, so and close. then soon you'll understand my point of view and it's even better. Yeah, I'll understand your point of view and I'll be able to point out how wrong you are, but it's fine. Whatever. Well, uh, I can... Hmm. <laughs> Again, I just, I just referenced the fact that you literally told me one time you don't think people are inherently evil and that everyone essentially is good. And I, I remember that I remember railing against that very, very hard. Mm. And you kind of just, I think we just chose to like collectively between the two of us, we chose to like walk away from the conversation. And now here you are, you're like, no evil's a real thing. It's like, I think, okay. yeah, no, I definitely, I'm not going to deny that I said that, but um, I think I've just always been really bad at explaining where my head's at and what I'm thinking about. And I've been listening to, um, john vallis i don't know if you know who that is he's a i do yeah he, he's got go. a decently um uh I don't, I don't know he's got a podcast that's pretty big in the bitcoin space and he's really come out swinging just with the spirituality aspect of it and what it means to be a bitcoiner and what it means to be conscious and have a soul and all of these things which is kind of initially where i went in like my first week of bitcoin when i had all my crazy re revelations in my head um which is why I wanted to call the podcast like why Bitcoin? Cause I wanted to dive into that. And then I realized, uh, my ego got in the way of me thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not qualified to talk about this shit. Maybe it's just too crazy. People are going to think I'm a fucking nutcase. Maybe I'll just, and, uh, hearing John, John Vallis talk about, it, I'm like, oh, 
if he's doing it, I can do it. So that's when I decided, fuck it. I'm going to write a piece and explain why I think Bitcoin is ultimate good. And uh, we can really get into the... You know what the irony of this is? Is that Bitcoiners right now are starting to evolve into the point where we're starting to debate ideas of good and evil. Um, We'll start to talk about, and I'm I'm just doing this based off of what has happened before. We will start to talk about this idea of natural law, about quote unquote God's law. You know, we'll start to understand, we will start to debate the nature of what it means to be human and what it means to be self actualizing, mm-hmm. what it means to be um, uh, self sovereign. And we've already done that before, obviously. But this all happened before. You know that, right? Like the entire creation of America was predicated on this notion of the the refer not reformation um oh jesus i'm not going to remember it now in time for the show there was this this entire debate uh in in regards to all of these things what is man what is good what is evil what does it mean to be good versus evil how mm-hmm. does uh, a population govern itself uh, in a good way versus an evil way in relation to the last question, right? Like, like all of these things are not new. It's just, we've abandoned them mm-hmm. in terms of easy money and we're going to have to rehash the debate. And I would argue we're probably going to come to the same, like, like good Bitcoiners, like true, fair, fair minded Bitcoiners are going to have these debates. So I'm really looking forward to your article. Because I think I think it could be a good sparking point to have these discussions. We have, I think the Bitcoin community has sort of like shied away from the spirituality, the the good and evil of Bitcoin. And I don't think you and I ever have. Like you and I have pretty much really signed on to Bitcoin is good. And that's a great title, by the way. Like I think I was muted before when you are talking. But Bitcoin is good is a really good title. Yeah, I and I hope, I hope it it really sparks some conversation about this idea of what then is good. How do we define it? Because you can't just say Bitcoin is good without a definition of good. Mm-hmm. And that's something that humanity has been trying to do for the long, like since freaking Socrates and Aristotle, we have tried to define what is it that makes goodness? What is it that makes a good community? And what is it that makes a good man? You know, and by man, obviously, I mean, you mean a feminist. person that can have, I mean, a, a person of mankind, right? And I think we're going to have to have those arguments again. You missed I really my joke. do. I, I, I didn't hear it. What was it? I said a man is just anybody that can have a baby if they do so choose to. <laughs> I was going to say a man is anybody who isn't in the kitchen, but, oh, sorry. Um, Put two sides of uh, that, that joke there. <laughs> <laughs> Most, oh, man, those are some basic jokes by us. Absolutely. <laughs> right on. So, Yeah, dude, there's a lot to explore, man. There's I think there's a, there's a ton to explore there, and I think Bitcoin's going to open that door. And for everybody who joined us thinking that you were going to get some like base level bitcoin you know hash rate uh you know uh wallet kind of 
yeah, this wasn't that episode. So uh, we're gonna get into we love it, you man. Anyways, we're coming. We're coming up on uh, season finale here, and then season four is gonna be. A, we're gonna have to get a good title for season four. This has been unhinged. I think season three has been pretty unhinged. It's been good. Yeah, it's been great though, dude. Right on. Okay, let's... A, you know what's nice is we've gotten to go off into into tangents that I think. I think just trying to be like explaining Bitcoin isn't as good as explaining how Bitcoin affects things mm-hmm. and how it's relevant to things. Mm-hmm. That's better. I mm-hmm. like that more. I'm more, just, I'm more of a fan. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I just, yeah, we got there, man. We're getting there. This has been fun. Thanks so much for uh, sharing your time with me to talk about this shit. Cause... No, thank you, my friend. No, thank you, <laughs> listener. For... All right. We're, Shut uh... up. We're here. Let's go to, okay, you already did a cue for you, so it's time for the Why Bitcoin Presents Your Weekly Price Check. That's right. It's time for the Why Bitcoin Weekly Price Check. And uh, you know what I'm going to do it this week, Jeff? Every okay. week, Jeff and I, we have uh, a competition. Doug just threw me over his shoulder. What the hell? I did. I threw you I threw you over my hip. Oh. Every week, Jeff and I, we get together, and you know what? It would be criminal not to talk about the price of Bitcoin, even though we don't care about the price of Bitcoin. So every week, we get together, and we decide, between the two of us, we have a little bet going, that uh, every week, we decide what we think the price of Bitcoin is going to be um a week from recording jeff i'll let you take it from there because i kind of forgot the rest of that spiel okay i'll take it dude okay so (laughs) quick little side note i've gone to i don't know if you go to coin i think it's called coin market cap i found this website a little while ago and it shows that forever yeah oh really okay so it shows anybody that doesn't know it shows all the shit coins and how they're doing and sometimes it's just fun to watch them bleed out um but somehow it automatically (laughs) it automatically um like installed uh what's the bottom of your computer called like your taskbar or whatever it installed like a an inset thing for there and it just cycles through the shit coins. So I'll just see them and it'll show like, oh, Bitcoin's plus minus whatever. And it just, as you were talking, it landed on Luna. And it's like, oh my, no. <laughs> and it just like so casually, it just says minus 99.38%. Like it's just wild. Oh, that, don't worry about it, dude. They have a Luna 2 now. It's going to yeah, be fine. Luna tunes. Looney Tunes. Okay, so yeah, the the why Bitcoin price check. We make a guess of what we're going to, what we think the price is going to be next week. Uh, the winner whoever gets who's ever closer with their guess gets a point whoever has the most points at the end of the season gets a pot of sats from the loser the pot of sats begins at a hundred thousand and if we ever have a guest on we ask them to play with us to make a guess of what the price is going to be um if their guess is closer than either either of ours then we get we add five thousand sats to our pot okay those are the rules the pot this season is currently sitting at a hundred and 20,000 sats, meaning four guests have uh, been closer than us this I season. I thought it was 125,000 sats. No, it's 100, it still says 120 here on my phone. Maybe I missed one. What? Go check the tapes. Yeah, all right. Check the tapes. Um, yeah. You are currently sitting in the lead with eight points. I'm not too far behind with six points. All right. What were the scores last week? All right. So last week, Jeff, you were the bitch bear at 29,000 eight seven six five four 
and I was at 31,500. No and then way. our guest, Madix, decided to help us a little bit. And he declared that Bitcoin would now be worth USD 11 million last week. By the He's way, pretty close. can we just give a shout out to Madex again? Because he was such a baller interview. That guy. So I had some feedback on the episode last week. And oh. it was like, that guy yells a lot. He's that awesome. was the feedback I got. And he, he, I went back and listened. He did yell a lot. But it was, it was, it was, he was. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like. He was he was weirdly loud and weirdly quiet, but he was he was baller, dude. Like he was he was one of the true plebs, dude. And I he's really a, appreciated having him on. He's was a real great. Bitcoiner, and he really cares about yeah. Bitcoin. He's fighting that fight. That we're all talking does. about. And what he was doing, I really wish we could have tapped more into his actual art. Yeah. We didn't. And if you have if you've missed that episode, please go back to the last episode because he had a lot of great stuff to say, but we missed so much of what he was actually doing it was actually well, really cool yeah, what I he mean, was doing like he was doing it i think kind of before other people really got on board with the whole nft thing and everything else and it was very really interesting so legend, shout out to maddox madix madix not M sorry i'm saying mv dex so, mv dex that's but, how he prefers but the a is the v was upside down to be an a and it was madix so yeah. really cool guy really cool guy if you don't follow him you should and uh only the, only, the, only the best Bitcoiners on Why Bitcoin, man. I'm telling yeah. you, we have a fucking legendary cast of, of guests that we've had on. Do you want to tease next week? Oh, we got another legend coming up. She's Oh, uh, we have a massive legend last, next week. She's somebody massive. that's made a big splash, man. She's, yeah, she's, let's just say, let's just say, no, I can't even, like. <laughs> I don't know what you're, what are you going to say? It's a she. It's a she. Well, her, what's her favorite phrase, dude? What's her favorite phrase? I don't know. What is her favorite? Her favorite phrase, phrase is "spurm me up, sailor." Okay, okay. So we're gonna spurm everybody up next week with our guest. <laughs> I'm excited to have her on, dude. It's gonna be cool. It'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's all right. See. So what were the scores? What? Who won? You won. So right now, Bitcoin's sitting at thirty-one thousand six eighty-nine forty-eight. So that's a win for uh, this guy over here in yeah. America. Nine points for Doug, six points for Jeff. And there are, what, three episodes the night after, or three oh, episodes so, left after know. tonight? Yeah, we're pretty close to the end here. Gosh. This is nice. Very nice. This I is going to be, this is another, gonna be, uh, <laughs> this is close. bad. This is so bad. No, this I'm is great. I'm you a lot of stats, it. man. Jeez, <laughs> Double or nothing. Double or nothing next week or next season. You know what's great? No, honestly, you know what's great about last week's win or this this week's win, I should say. Nothing is that the bitch bear didn't win finally. That's true. This is the first time all season, I think, that bitch bear didn't win. That's it. Bull runs begun, boys. Yeah, this bull run is for real. <laughs> so, all right, right let's on. take okay. thirty seconds. Jeff and I are going to write down our answers, uh, and then we'll we'll come back and we'll give our our. Uh, Okay, hit Our the button. Guesses for next week's. Go ahead. Just hit the hit the thing that plays the song and go.
right, Jeff. I'm ready. That was, that was about right. All right, I won. I'll go first. That's the fair way to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 31673 and 61 cents. Ooh. You're the bitch bear this week, Doug. Am I? Bear. Okay. I went All with right, a number that's very special to me. I went with $33,333.33. Okay, that's not special. That's not special to you. What yes, are you talking it is. About? What are you talking about? Three six. How is that special to you? Did you? Have you never studied the beauty of the three six nine of Tesla and what he discovered and how beautiful it is? These numbers, man, they're gorgeous. It's all threes. There's no yeah. sixes or nines. I know, but three is a very special number. Yeah, because it represents the Trinity of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God. Exactly. So that's perfect. Many well other things, yeah. So you're so close to being a Christian. I just have to. I, push I'll you need a to. Hard. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll have to explain. <laughs> I don't know if I want to explain my my spiritual beliefs on the pod or not. Maybe we'll talk about it off air at some point. But okay, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with that, I guess is that everything? Did we do it all? We did it yeah. all. Yeah. I'll say this. Yeah, hey, <laughs> if you made it to. Uh, this point in the podcast we really appreciate you this is uh, a lot of fun for me and doug to just talk about bitcoin if you got any value out of it consider sharing our show with a friend maybe another bitcoiner you know or maybe somebody that you know that's not a bitcoiner yet this would be a great introduction for them um you can find our podcast <laughs> on no it wouldn't <laughs> cycles are talking about jesus and how bitcoin's gonna bring him and good and evil and the end of times and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find all our other episodes on our website, which is whybitcoinpodcast.com. We are also on all of the podcast apps. Just search why Bitcoin with a question mark and we'll pop up. You can see us on the Breeze app, Fountain app, all of those value for value um, podcast apps were on there and those are really cool. Uh, and yeah, the best way to support the show if you appreciate us is just share us around um yeah absolutely cool. we don't we don't need your we don't need your sats we just need your love like just share it around man we'd mm-hmm. appreciate it yeah and uh here let's let's do this if you want to no i think oh fuck i lost uh, what? what i was gonna, i lost what i was gonna say um <laughs> oh if you want to find us uh i'm on twitter at YBitcoinJ. You're controlling the podcast Twitter, which is at YBitcoin underscore. And you're doing a pretty good job. You're staying in line. You're not going to get us canceled yet, which is nice. I'm, um, I'm trying really hard not to get us canceled, dude. I really am. <laughs> there's so much shit posting I want to do. Uh, Elon, Elon, if you're listening to this, please just buy Twitter so that I can shit post. That's all I'm asking. It's a small ask. It's a small ask. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think that's what his plan is. That's a that's a topic for another day. Uh, okay, we did everything else. And okay, thanks so much for listening. Oh, you won. You can close it out. All right, I'll close it out. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another week of the Why Bitcoin podcast. It means a lot to us that you were listening to us. It really does. Thank. We see the numbers every week, and we really appreciate you guys being here. Um, please answer all the questions, and also answer this question for yourself. If there's good 
and there's evil, and you have a choice. I just got vapor lock. Sorry. No, let me start again. Jeff and I have both announced on this podcast that we think there's a thing as good and evil. And if your choice is, I will continue what I'm doing and be part of the fiat system, and it's probably evil, or I can choose to be part of the Bitcoin process, and maybe I can be part of the good, then maybe what you really need to be asking yourself is, why Bitcoin? All right, we'll see you next week. Okay, cut. Cut.